eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Fog.net podcast. Scott Chasen here to talk little Kansas football, Big 12 football. We are joined by a special guest. His name is Brandon Marcello. He is a national college football reporter for 24-7 Sports. He's done great work previewing the season and on the Social Distance series. You can check out his interviews with Jim Harbaugh, Gus Malzahn, and others uh, on the 24-7 Sports Network, the YouTube channel as well. Brandon, thanks for joining me. Hey, no problem. Yeah, well, we can get right into this. You put out your Big 12 rankings for 2020. Um, I would say a little surprise around Lawrence. Obviously, you know, Oklahoma number one. You've got Oklahoma State, Texas, Iowa State, two, three, and four. Uh, But Kansas is at number eight, which I think for those in Lawrence, they consider that a a pretty promising sign and and maybe even a bit of a compliment. How did you kind of arrive at that ranking and and maybe what went into putting the Jayhawks eighth? Well, I it's a, there's several reasons, but the number one reason to me was the offensive turnaround under Brent Deerman, uh, the offensive coordinator there at Kansas. Kansas. Uh, that kind of gave me a little bit more oomph uh, to make this make this decision. Plus, <laughs> I mean, I love Puka Williams and what he's been able to do. I think in the Big Twelve, as I mentioned in my piece, there's a lot of great quarterbacks that are going to, and everybody's going to kind of beat up on each other. I think next season. Uh, in 2020. Um, and I think Kansas is going to do just enough to be able to get to quote unquote, start climbing the steps out of the cellar, so to speak, and get to the eighth spot, which surprising to me when doing all this research, that, that that'd be the first time they finished eighth or higher since 2008 in the, in the big 12. That's shocking to me. Um, I guess I, I'm still thinking about the Mangino years when I look at him, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just love the offense and I think it's going to be enough in the big 12 to, to get it done and move up a few spots. Yeah. I mean, l- looking at some of the, the skill position guys, the offensive weapons they bring back, you mentioned Puka Williams, you've got Andrew Parchment, you've got Stefan Robinson, uh, who was on a tear for a while. He had a, I want to say a few weeks in a row with multiple touchdowns and, you know, uh, certainly I don't watch as much nationally and I don't pay attention as much nationally as you do in your role, but uh, to me, those three guys, really, you could put them on most Big 12 teams. You could put yeah. them on most teams nationally, uh, maybe not nationally, but but a lot of teams. And, and they're going to get on the field. They're going to contribute. Uh, how much of a factor, I know you mentioned the offense, was that versus a guy like Brent Deerman, uh, who you're obviously familiar with coming from where you come from covering Auburn uh, previously. How much of that was maybe on the players and how much of that was maybe on the coaching? 
Well, I'll say this. I mean, if you just look, I mean, I, I, just doing scoreboard watching, for example, last season when I was covering Auburn and not in this national role, and you seeing what Kansas was doing when Brent Deerman took over, I was like, oh boy, watch out. They might upset someone, and we almost saw it against Texas. Um, but the receivers and the playmakers, you start seeing, wow, they got some talent at Kansas. They're maybe just not utilizing them uh, correctly. And you mentioned Robinson, Stephon Robinson. I think he's a guy that could be like an OU this year that they would gladly take um, because of his big play potential. Yeah, he, he averaged more than 15 yards per catch, I think, last season. If I was if I was looking correctly, mm-hmm. I, I think that they've got some opportunities here to not only stretch the field, but um, maybe do some things that uh, we haven't seen Kansas do offensively in in a decade plus, but also. Like I, like I mentioned, I, I'm not very high on West Virginia rebounding this year. I, I know they played some close games. And then Texas Tech, I'm still not sold on. And, hey, Tech lost to Kansas last year. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay with my pick and defending it and saying Kansas is going to be eighth and not finishing tenth in the, in the league. Yeah, and to that point, kind of looking at the flip side of things, uh, Kansas – you know, for what it needs to do, still needs to, to identify the quarterback, still needs yeah. to kind of fill in the secondary, some of those uh, guys who departed, Bryce Tornade and Mike Lee. Uh, but I was going to ask, the bottom of the Big 12, it, it does seem like uh, there will be kind of a few teams, I know you mentioned maybe a little bit interchangeable when you get down to 8 through 10. Do you feel like there's a, a maybe a theme of weaknesses as you kind of move down the rankings? Is there is there anything that you notice, hey, these teams really don't have this and, and maybe some of these other ones do? Yeah, I mean, you, I, we are talking about, um, you know, like West Virginia. Uh, I, to, to me, the, the Mountaineers have just kind of – they're in not only a rebuilding mode, but it's going to take like three to four years, in my opinion, on, under Neil Brown. Uh, all across the board, Kansas. I know they're replacing a lot of a lot of players, especially on defense. I mean, what is it like? Like ten of the top fifteen tacklers are gone, or something like that. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of starters. Uh, but I, I keep I keep thinking. I always say this, and I think it's a maybe a weak way to kind of balance an argument on. But it's like, can it get worse though? I mean, can it get worse, even though you're losing all those top tacklers? And, you know, I, I don't know. Um, and in a league where I guess I could say, I guess I could say this maybe without getting too much trouble. In a league where the defensive line isn't maybe as important as it is, say, in the Big Ten or the SEC, and with Kansas replacing a few guys up front too, I don't necessarily see that as an issue. I think the thing you got to focus on with Kansas, and for that matter, any team in the bottom half uh, of the league trying to make their way up a spot or two and not necessarily contend for a Big 12 title, obviously, is you got to have good secondary play and be able to stop those third and longs and third and mediums in the passing game. And um, I think Kansas can do that. I, I think they've got the linebackers to potentially do that. And, you know, and we'll see. Um, but, you know, you're trying, I think you're trying to talk my way out of it here. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I think, I think they, they got enough offensively to overcome some of those weaknesses. And as I mentioned, I'm just not, 
I'm not sold on Tech or West Virginia. Yeah, and and that's totally fair. I, I think linebackers will definitely be an area of strength, uh, especially getting Drew Prox back. He only played uh, four games before injury held him out, and uh, I think they're excited about Gavin Potter, who's young. They have Stephen Parker, four-star prospect, who I believe redshirted last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you've got a net, you you've actually got some decent talent in Kansas. Uh, to its credit, has produced some some solid linebackers. I also wanted to ask you about Les Miles. Um, I saw a tweet from, I, I want to say it was last year, you said, uh, Les Miles is the Jay Leno of college football. <laughs> I, I just got to get the, the backstory on this tweet and what this one means. Oh, man, I'm going to get myself in trouble. You know, <laughs> listen, uh, Jay Leno was a guy that was always kind of like leading in the rankings, but like no one really considered really, really funny or or took like seriously. But he was mm-hmm. always like just doing his job. And somehow was always coming out on top. And I see Les Miles as that, as that guy that just kind of doesn't seem like he wants to change with the times a little bit, but still finds a way to kind of get things going. And when he made that change with Brent Deerman last year and the offense started producing a little bit more and you saw all that, but yet they were still losing, it was almost like, you know, the Jay Leno effect. It was like, yeah, but he still is who he is. <laughs> um, uh you know, but I do think that to his credit and, and much like at his previous job with Ed Orger on there now, I think he's more willing to change at this point mm-hmm. uh, and get out of that. You know, here, here's a short toss to the left um, mentality that he always had at LSU. And, and that's what's going to take at Kansas. I mean, you just can't line up and run the ball and do some of the things he did at LSU and win games at Kansas. You're going to have to be more creative offensively and defensively. And, you know, hey, that's a credit to Les Miles for being able to kind of change with the times. And he had been saying when he got out of coaching, when he was out of coaching, you know, hey, um, I'm telling – he was telling all these people, hey, I'm willing to change my philosophy offensively and bring someone in. And I think we're finally seeing that now at, at Kansas. And um, as, long as, as long as that continues, I, I think Kansas has an opportunity here, one, to win some games, but two, you're going to see some young coaches more willing to come through there and, and move on. Say if a, a guy like a Brent Deerman, I know I keep mentioning his name, but if a guy like Brent Deerman has some success this year and ends up getting a job elsewhere at a bigger program or something. And, um, but that's up to Les miles. He's got to kind of, he's got to kind of get, get it out of that, uh, Jay Leno mold. And we start seeing it a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's it's so interesting that you described it that way because I think you actually saw it like even within the early part of the season, the first two games, uh, yeah. very much a, a power running approach that didn't work. They lose to Coastal Carolina. Uh, and at this point, Brent Deerman was not yet offensive coordinator, but they start running a lot of plays and things that it, it's quite possible he brought into the program very much his MO and then a lot more of the stuff you saw when he took over as OC at Boston College. And you know, 48 points against Boston College. Brent Deerman takes over, I think, 48 again at Texas. And then, what, 37 and a win over uh, Texas Tech. Texas and Tech, yeah. yeah that, and that game was, was too, the, the typical Les Miles game of, uh, you know, a blocked field goal ends up in a fumble on the return <laughs> that Kansas gets to kick another field goal. Any yeah. wacky, crazy Les Miles finishes stories, anything like that you remember that stands out oh, before my- I let you go? 
Gosh, yeah, the, his final game at LSU. Um, when he got fired the next day, uh, he was he was playing Auburn, and that was kind of like a a game where it was the turning point for either Gus Malzahn or Les Miles. One of them was going to be on the hot seat if not fired, but Les Miles' his tenure was a little bit longer there, so he was going to get fired if he lost that game. And LSU threw what looked like the game-winning touchdown pass with no time remaining, but then they go back and see that they didn't snap the ball off in time, and game over. Um, so Les Miles, again, flirting with disaster with the clock. He's always a guy that always went with his gut and tried to test the limits of time. Seemingly, he <laughs> was always coming out on top in that early in his career at LSU, but late in his career, uh, time ran out, and it literally ran out uh, on the field that day as he was flirting with disaster, and it, it cost him his job. So, But of all the all the games I've seen, I mean, obviously – that one will stick out just because it's the last time he was on the sideline as an SEC head coach. And what a way to end it by doing the very thing that had success at LSU um, by flirting with time and it ends up uh, running out on him. Yeah. I mean, if you Google uh, less miles, wacky play clock management, <laughs> things like that, you get about a billion results. They're all entertaining. Like you mentioned, a lot of them wins. Uh, he won a ton of games at LSU uh, and then obviously came to the end. So, uh, hey, Brandon, thank you so much for sa- taking some time to chat. I really appreciate the insight, my man, and uh, and good luck with everything you're doing. No problem. Thanks Thanks for asking me to explain my reason for Kansas. I, I'm getting a <laughs> lot of feedback on that, a lot of upset West Virginia and Texas Tech fans along with some happy Kansas fans. Yeah, Kansas fans will love you if you rank them eighth. You'll learn that pretty quick. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. All right, see ya. Once again, Brandon Marcello. You can follow him on Twitter at bmarcello. Uh, Brandon does a great job covering college football for the 24-7 Sports Network now in that national role, like he mentioned. Uh, and you can check out his Big 12 rankings, his explanation for those rankings, uh, including Kansas, like we said, ranked number eight. Uh, you can check all that out at fog.net, kansas.247sports.com. A lot of content up on the site. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Chase and Scott. Thank you very much for listening to the fog.net podcast and we will talk to you next time okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can conquer it i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.